finances, investing, estate and retirement planning? Well, I went to school so you don't have to. Welcome to Finances and How Much House Can I Afford? I'd like to start off by saying thank you. Thank you for listening, sharing, providing ideas, and your reviews. You listening to me right now is a great step in your own financial education and a real gift to me. So, thank you. Finances and, in conjunction with my company, Capital Coaching, helps people achieve their financial goals through personal, tailored, and attentive financial coaching services. We create successful financial plans by examining your spending and saving habits and then guiding and educating you to a personal success. Coaching services include evaluation of your spending plan, building your savings, financing your retirement, examining your insurance needs, and planning for your individual goals. Please contact me at capitalcoaching.net to make an appointment for a free consultation. How much of a house can you afford is really a very common question. There are a few things to consider when starting your journey into home ownership, and some include your down payment, the recurring costs of owning a home, and your monthly mortgage. The down payment is the amount of money that you provide to the bank when you are making a large purchase. This amount is often discussed in terms of a percent of the purchase price. For example, if you're buying a $250,000 home, a 10% down payment is $25,000. This is true when buying a car, RV, or home. Really, any large purchase will require a down payment when you don't pay the purchase in full. This is the bank's way of knowing that you're contributing to the purchase and that you have some skin in the game and won't just walk away from the mortgage if you fall on hard times. This down payment would be forfeited if you did stop making your payments. If you're military or if you qualify for a USDA loan by having a moderate income and buying in an eligible rural area, you'll not need a down payment. The VA loan is a perk for being in the military and the USDA loan is an enticement for you to move to rural areas of our country. By putting down 20%, you do a couple of things. One is that interest rate that you'll pay can be lowered and you'll qualify to not need to pay an additional monthly fee called private mortgage insurance or PMI. And that way you can lower your monthly payments as well. Not all mortgages require 20% down. As I said, the VA and the USDA don't require a down payment at all, which is great. But it also means that your loan amount is going to be larger and you won't always qualify for a big loan like a conventional loan. You'll also owe more money each month since you didn't lower the purchase price with that down payment. FHA loans require only a 3.5% down payment. And on that $250,000 home that I mentioned earlier, that's only $8,750. The FHA also has the added benefit of not requiring as high a credit score as other types of loans. Additionally, if you make less than $25,000, HUD, Housing and Urban Development Department has an assistance with down payment as well as rent-to-own options and proprietary loan options. In fact, FHA and HUD offer first responders and teachers HUD's Good Neighbor Next Door program. Offer homes within HUD at a 50% discount off the purchase price of the home based on the property's value, and they only require a down payment of $100. These properties have been foreclosed on in revitalization areas in low-to-middle-income neighborhoods and they have a large number of vacancies and higher crime rates. Before you can purchase, police, firefighters, emergency personnel, and teachers must agree to the following three terms. The property must be your sole residence for at least three years. 
you must work full-time at that qualifying job, and you must be pre-approved and have a letter of commitment in order to get the loan purchase. You can find more information for this program at mortgagecalculator.org. Your credit score, if low, may not keep you from getting a loan, but it can be the reason that you pay a higher interest rate. The amount of debt you have will also influence a lender's willingness to lend out and how much they're willing to lend. It might seem counterintuitive that those who have the hardest time paying pay the most, but the reality is that the better your credit score, the more you've proven the ability to make timely payments, to pay in full, and very importantly, to do this for years, the better deals you're going to get. One thing a lender looks for is your debt-to-income ratio. This is where they compare what you owe each month, for example, a mortgage, rent, loans of all kinds, including credit cards. This does not include your basic monthly bills, though. And then they divide it by your gross income. That's the amount you make before taxes are taken out. Then look at that percentage. So they're going to take your total of your loan bills, say $1,700, and divide it by your gross income, let's say $6,400, and that's all per month, and that comes out to 26 hundredths. Then you multiply that by 100, and you're going to get 26%. Lenders want your debt-to-income, or DTI, to be less than 36%. That means that it appears that you can manage all the money you owe and make your mortgage payments on this new loan. If your DTI falls between 36 and 43%, it's a warning to lenders that it may be hard for you to make payments if you have an emergency. It does not mean you can't get a loan, but you're not as attractive to a borrower in this range. When you fall between 43 and 50%, you'll likely not be able to get a loan because you're too risky a candidate for being able to make mortgage payments. And of course, they need you to be able to repay that loan. With a DTI of greater than 50%, you will also likely not get a loan because the amount you owe is more than half of what you make. And although it's possible to pay your mortgage at this percentage and still pay for food and bills, it doesn't leave you any room for saving or emergencies, and that can cost you everything if you can't pay. There are many calculators online to let you see how much you can comfortably afford based on different scenarios, like the amount of down payment you could provide, the price of the home, the length of the loan, how many years you'll pay it back, and the interest rate that you expect to pay. They'll also add in the monthly property tax, insurance for the home, and homeowner's fees that you might owe. None of the last three are negotiable, so they'll want to make sure that you do have the ability to pay for those. Another thing to do before starting this process is to contact annualcreditreport.com for a free copy of all three agencies' credit reports on you. They would love to sell you a subscription, so choose the free credit reports. You don't want the credit scores for this. You need to look at all the pages of your actual report. Here, you're looking for errors and then contacting that agency to correct any incorrect data. This will take some time. It's not just a change it on the report type of activity. So keep an eye on this on a regular basis by requesting one of the agencies, Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion, report every four months so that you're asking for one of them each just once a year, but you're able to review all three of them annually. The amount of money you make clearly affects the loan process. What can you do to improve your current income? You could get a second job, but ask yourself, if it takes getting a second job to qualify, do you want to keep that up while you own your home? You also need to consider the cost of moving. How will you actually move your items? The national average of moving is about $1,400 for local moves for two people. 
Do you need storage for your things? You'll need to pay to connect new utilities, and you may need to get your car registered if you're changing counties or states. You'll be driving back and forth, so gas costs are going to come into play right now. You might need to pay for a cleaner to clean your old home if you don't have the time and energy, and you probably won't. You'll want to change the locks on the new home, and that's going to cost you. You'll want to buy new things, big and small, and they just all add up. So be aware that you'll have more costs when buying a home than just the home itself. But before you give up on homeownership, realize that you don't need to spend all that you qualify for on a home. Consider getting something smaller price-wise that you do qualify for. Move farther out of town. Buying a smaller place is a great way to get started without destroying your credit and finances. Another thing to look for is the cheapest house in the nicest neighborhood. The address will make it more likely to rise in price when you go to sell with the minimum amount of work inside. Closing costs can be a surprise for the first-time home buyer. A quick guide is 3 to 4% of the purchase price, so on that same $250,000 home, closing costs can be anywhere from $7,500 to $10,000. And although negotiable, you can expect to pay about this much. These costs include things like the appraisal fee, that's the cost of making sure that the property is worth what you're paying, the home inspection to look for things that need to repair, buyer's warranty is sometimes included in here, as well as fees to the settlement agent and your agent's commissions. Zillow published that the average percent spent on a mortgage was 17.5% in 2020. The highest was in San Francisco, where buyers spent 34.4% of their income, and the three lowest percentages were about the same in Jackson, Mississippi, Youngstown, Ohio, and Scranton, Pennsylvania at 108 106 and 10.3% respectively. Interest rates are very low right now. When I bought my first home, we paid 15% in interest on our $105,000 home. The typical U.S. home has increased in value, though, by 6%, so that's something that you can look forward to by making your purchase. A few more things to consider. Will this purchase deplete an emergency fund? If so, maybe this is not the right time to buy. Making sure you have money for an emergency is smart financial planning. If you're not able to have both, this might not be the best time for you to buy because owning a home is just one more reason you're going to need an emergency fund. Either way, do your best to have the seller include a home warranty, which will cover most appliances in the home, but it doesn't cover all the problems and there will be a service charge each time you have to dispatch someone to your home. What will you have to give up to own your home? Will you travel less, cut back on kids' sports or activities, or will you also be cutting back on your retirement savings? Just know that it's very common to say you're willing to give up blank, whatever that is, but can you? Overextending can not only be hard to live with, but it can also mean losing everything if the debt becomes too much. Remember, the urge to buy new furniture or replace old items will be exceptionally tempting. Empty rooms can seem unbearable. Can you resist all the new purchases or will you actually have enough for them already? Credit card debt should be paid off before you apply for a mortgage for two reasons. The first is that you'll look more attractive to lenders as well as not having to spend money on that debt as well during the time of this new mortgage. Finally, there are additional options for those making less than $25,000 a year, and they include public housing residents can convert their rent payments into mortgage payments on eligible properties. 
American Indians and Alaskan Natives can utilize the Section 184 programs with low down payments and flexible underwriting, which means that it's guaranteed, and it doesn't have to be on Native land. States and local governments can combine that HUD Home Program and the American Dream Down Payment Initiatives to provide funds for low-income households. Habitat for Humanity offers free mortgage with no down payment and no closing costs to those who demonstrate a need by commitment of building your own home and can afford the mortgage. So make sure you have investigated all the options and not just your standard loans. Homeownership is an exciting time, but please make sure that you actually can afford it before you make that leap because few things will hurt more than losing that home that you so desperately wanted to get. Thanks for listening to Finances and How Much Home Can I Afford? We know you chose to listen and we're grateful. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow or subscribe for free in your podcast provider and share your favorite episode with a friend. Also, consider leaving a review because it brings financial education to others and it helps people find us more easily. Please let me know what questions you'd like answered or what topics you'd like me to cover by going to the website at financesand.net and leaving a message. You can also contact Capital Coaching for your personal financial needs at capitalcoaching.net. Always consult a tax, accounting, or legal professional for advice on your specific situation. Remember, I went to school, so you don't have to. 